Today's program has been brought to you by Hearst Ranch, the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. For more information, visit HearstRanch.com. Broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Episode 38. Good morning. Episode 38, morning after. I'm Jason Colucci. Follow me on Twitter at the Jason Colucci. Beautiful day here. Gorgeous day in the studio. Uh, live here at Roberta's Restaurant, Bushwick. We have our good friend Carlos giving us a guest visit today. Joe. What, Carlos, what's Joe's last name? The other Galarraga. One? Joe Corporate Galarraga, as I like to call him. Doesn't let us play any music that we want to play. I can't play Springsteen. I can't play any of the. We have to get. We got to get clear on all that stuff. Correct. Yep. Yeah, because we're, we're like non-profit. A you know we're, that whole deal. Who's gonna, so we don't have any. If they sue us, we don't have any real money to give them. No fine. money. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, I was. I, you always have to run to the bathroom before the show, and even if I don't have to go, and it's interesting because I did uh, Martha Stewart radio this week, um, <clears throat> so I was a little nervous about how far the bathroom was in proximity of the studio. And you kind of, you get in there. Jesse Kiefer, who produces the show, we met at Del Frisco's, which is right downstairs on the uh, McGraw Hill building in um, Midtown. So we're waiting, we're waiting. We go into the building. They won't let her in because she wasn't cleared you know, before. So I get up and to the Sirius headquarters. And there's something going on. There's a band playing. I couldn't figure out who it was. I didn't recognize you know, any of the music. So I go up to a secondary waiting area. Finally, they bring me downstairs. And I'm like, oh, okay, I know this band. And, wow, he got really, he's a, he got big, this guy. Uh, Adam, who's Adam from Counting, Counting Crows? Is, who's the lead guy's name? Uh, I think his name's Adam. <laughs> uh, I, I think. Adam Duritz. Adam Duritz. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's kind of clearing out. And then an intern comes over. And she's like, hey, hi, what's going on? Are you going to go on in five or ten minutes? You know, we're really excited. You want anything? So I got a coffee. And strangely enough, they had really good coffee over there. I guess they're radio people. It would make sense. And it, I can only compare it to like doing, a, you know, doing serious now as a guest of like getting surgery, because you is this huge, huge, huge buildup, and you you're like, okay, all right, and you start getting a little nervous, and then you get over being nervous, and you start like overthinking the interview, and then you know they come get you, and then five minutes into it. You walk into a studio, you go right on air. So it actually worked out pretty good. Uh, here's a quick clip from that interview. My little insider things, I'm not very insider, is to walk <laughs> over the Brooklyn Bridge and go into Dumbo. Two of my, one of my favorite restaurants is in Dumbo, Vinegar Hill House. Oh, I think anyone that that's, you know, that's in the city that's staying downtown should walk over the Brooklyn Bridge, sun's going down, have dinner at Vinegar Hill House, get some ice cream and walk home. That was one of my tips as a as a restaurant insider here in New York City, which was <laughs> walk over the Brooklyn Bridge. How liberating! Um, we have a great show today. I don't know anyone who's in the uh, the coffee scene or follows the coffee coffee scene. And I didn't realize that this company started uh, overseas. Um, I hope I'm correct on that. Toby Smith is here from uh, Toby's Estate. And our new friend, musician Stephanie Alt. Am I pronouncing your last name correctly? You are. Okay, because Jeff, uh, Jesse Kiefer always phonetically spells it, and you can see over here it is not phonetically spelled. I'm actually going off of the. It's probably spelled wrong, but. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to see it. You know, 
I was a film major, and 10 years ago, I made a movie called Moving Pictures. One of the people we cast in that film was a gentleman named Jeremiah McDonald. Jeremiah McDonald is a actor, artist, viralist. I'm creating that word. I don't know if that word exists yet. Uh, he, he created this video. It's all over the internet now. It's called A Conversation with My 12-Year-Old Self. And uh, it, right now, I'm looking at it. It got about 7 million hits. I'll play a quick, just two-second clip from it. like to talk to myself in the future. Yes, that's something that I'll do. So he went, in 1992, he made a video on VHS, looks like it, um, of himself talking, you know, to himself when he's 30. I don't know how old he is now. And uh, it, it's seamless. I mean, the, the picture doesn't match up well, but the actual conversation is pretty seamless. That was a videotape for you. For those of you who've never heard that sound before. Hi, Jeremiah. Hello, Jeremiah. You look different. No shit. Yes, I'm 12 years old. How old are you? 32. Ah. Yeah. You, you look older. Well, thank you. Older than 32, you mean? Yes. Oh, even better. Good. Supposed to show how much things have changed, yes. It does. Now I do my hair, now right. voice. Okay. Getting older, man. Getting older. Get down. Get, oh, yeah. Well, me of the future? Was oh, there more of this? I'm sorry. So, how are things, you know? Mm. Okay. This is very unusual. Yes, definitely. Quite cool, you know? Here I am on the screen, and here you are. You're right there. Here, yeah. Yes. Is there anything in particular you wanted to know about? As far as I can see, is Molly still alive? <laughs> is, is Molly still alive? No. Dogs don't live that long. Ah. Uh, and uh, what about Leon? Are all your questions going to be about pets? Yes. Well, then the answer is they're all dead. Why don't I ask you some questions? You'll ask me questions? You know about... You already know. Well, anyway, so if you want to tune in, it's about four minutes long. you got to check it out. But we have uh, Jeremiah McDonald on the phone. Let's talk to him. Jeremiah. Hello, Jason. What's up, buddy? Not much. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. First, I want to get this out of the way before I so I have to call my lawyers off. Is uh, are, are one of those clips in there a clip from Moving Pictures? Be honest. Um, honestly, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, anyway. my, I forget now what my 2001 clip is, but it looks like uh, when you played our the the character of Saul um, in the the film Moving Pictures. By the way, uh, which we should sort of we should reissue uh, the film. What do you think? Yeah, not a bad idea. Yeah. So you've done the tour. That, uh, this was when did you post it? About two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a week ago? Yeah, just over just over two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, go down the line. How many sh What shows have you been on? Okay. Well, the first show was the Today Show. Boring. Uh, <laughs> then NBC Nightly News. Then Inside Edition. Uh, I've been on CNN, um, and a lot of local. Like a lot of local press. I mean, I think those are the big ones, but um, I might be forgetting something. And it was you. You put this video together. It wasn't as premeditated as as we think, because there was an older yeah. version. And then you cut it together. You leave your house. You go to work to your day job. You come back. Yep. You're all. You know. At that point, how many hits had the video has did it get? I think it got about a million in a day. I mean, I don't, it's hard to remember now. It, 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 everything happened so quickly because, again, like, I, I left the house when I came back. 
I'm reading about it in the Huffington Post as if as if it were news, and uh, and also like the, the Today Show contacted me immediately, and I was making travel arrangements the next day. And uh, now, how do you are you piggybacking off of the success with your um, your drawing and and stuff? Because I'll you know I'll say it here. I know you know I didn't hear many people ask you about this, but you're an extremely talented actor um and but i know you're pursuing more of uh seems like the art world at this point that was i mean that was the goal i mean it's kind of you know at this point it's it's hard to know obviously uh, i'm going to pursue any opportunity that i can that i can get off this but at the same time there's there's been there's thousands of people that want that want drawings from me now so uh I'm, I've, I've just been i've been going through them you know at, at my own pace but there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot to go through yeah yeah how, can you give me an idea how many i mean a ton, right? About three thousand. I'm mean, so at the at the moment. You know what I thought too. Do you remember that you did the storyboards for the morning uh, for the morning after for uh, moving pictures? That's right. I, yeah, I remember I, that. I, I hope and pray you become famous. Ooh, for one, for one, because you deserve it. But two, because I have the original drawer. I hope you become like an R. Crumb kind of a guy, so I could sell these things. For like, send my kids. I'm hearing that from a lot of people. Yeah, because you know, I, I have old roommates that still have my sketch pads and stuff like that so yeah there's a lot of my drawings around the world well thanks for tuning in man Uh, I hope uh, I wish you the great success check in to the morning after whenever you get a free chance oh definitely yeah and then there's there's another video that you did which was uh, you're addicted to Facebook or something I remember that was like two years ago that was was a pretty popular one too whenever oh there was a a song I did a song about YouTube about YouTube. YouTube is my life YouTube is your life well, I know Facebook is your life because whenever I send you a message, it like clicks and t- it's like two seconds later you get a response. I don't, know, I haven't seen that from any of my friends. Yeah, I usually have a tab open with Facebook. <laughs> if I'm doing something else, yeah, I usually get the message immediately. All right, brother. Well, let's talk. We have to talk about uh, re-editing uh, moving pictures. Get it out there again. I still have the original negative. Uh, we'll, Great. We'll maybe do some old voiceover work, but uh, <laughs> the, the best of luck to you. Thank you so much. That's Jeremiah McDonald, uh, viralist artist. Uh, it's insane how fast uh, information moves. Um, I mean, look at it. It was a week ago. He's been on every show known to man. Uh, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to our good friend Toby Smith from Toby's Estate, talk a little bit about coffee, where the coffee scene is, how he got to Brooklyn. I was here now at Roberta's. Morning after. With a stone from your garden The parting of two birds in one Deconstruct me We can struggle no more Reconstruct Yeah. 
We're back here morning after. Toby Smith, owner of Toby's Estate. He's in studio. Toby Smith, founder of Toby's Estate, is the backbone of a specialty coffee and direct trade in Australia. After long stints on coffee plantations in Brazil and Guatemala, honing his cupping and trading skills, an inspired Toby returned to Australia and started roasting beans in his mom's garage in Sydney. Toby's a roaster barista and coffee artisan, intent on sharing his passion and knowledge with coffee lovers through all of his roasteries. Is that roaster? Is that a? Is that? I haven't, I haven't ever heard of roasteries. Yeah, that it's, it's, it's not, not really a, a word common used word no. like mum. No mum with, with an O. Yeah, <laughs> mum. All right, so start from the beginning because yeah. it's an interesting story. We talked briefly about all the cities that you're in, which doesn't, you know, it kind of it's it seems fun. It's not like you're formulaic. Open up, create a brand, and then go to you know indiv- each individual city and then cash in. Mm. Um, yeah, how did it, how did the whole thing come about? Yeah, well, I started yeah as you know, very small and sort of organically grown business. So I've never been one for huge plans. My business plans are pretty much on an A4, or if that. So uh, it's generally ideas and people related. So as with coffee and everything that goes behind our philosophy of sourcing coffee direct is about forming relationships with farmers and and other people exporters. So I guess the business partnerships I have are sort of more related to we sit down, we drink too much coffee, followed by a few glasses of wine or more, and then we start to formulate what is the dream and, you know, we try and live the dream and then we end up here in Williamsburg. And uh, So you partner with somebody in each of individual city? Yeah. And kind of, it's not necessarily a franchise or a franchisee relationship, but it's sort of a business partner that you, you, know, you have a relationship with. Yeah, yeah, more, more so than that, more than a sort of corporate you know, yeah. thing. Well, that's interesting. Talk a little bit more about, you hear that word used a lot. It's a direct relationship with the grower and stuff. And when you really make it a little bit more transparent with some companies, there's a few more steps that they don't, that they necessarily talk, don't talk about that aren't bad, but there are more steps. It's not like you're having the farmer FedEx it overnight to you. No, that's right. I mean, there's, I think generally the, to the consumer, um, the romantic idea that coffee is direct from the farmer and you <laughs> go down there and pick it up and throw it on your bag and in your backpack. It's, um, it's, it comes in very many different ways depending on, uh, I mean, not many, many farmers um, 2,000 metres up in a far distance from great civilization with technology and uh, transport really know how to get it to you. So um, then you've got intermediaries or, you know, in-between guys, exporters yeah. who, who look after that for you. But wh- whichever way it gets to you, what we like to do is is pay a visit, um, uh, which they love, of course, because how often does a coffee roaster go there, visit, take the time, you meet them, you share with them how you make the coffee. They get excited, we get excited, and, and it starts to build a, a long-term relationship. What cities are you, got, are you in currently in? Uh, in terms of the, the stores, the stores, the roasteries. Yeah, roasteries. We're in uh, predominantly Australia, of course, and, and the, we, we started in Sydney, in Woolloomooloo, um, very close to the middle of the city, and then uh, Melbourne, Brisbane, uh, on the east coast. Perth, we roast, um, which on the west coast of Australia. Uh, last year, we opened in Singapore, which is becoming, um, you know... That's interesting. It is. Singapore yeah. is, a, is and Asia is fascinating. It's, um, uh, you know, I say, oh, Singapore's a bit dull. It's just full of... 
you know, air-conditioned uh, malls and stuff, but it's not at all like that. Do you know that, I don't know if it's the right, I'm thinking of the right city, do you know that it's the most surreal, it looks like a Hockney painting or something, it's this uh, surreal kind of, it's a pool that's like on the 90th floor of a, of yeah, a Marina hotel, Bay Sands, yeah. and there are people swimming in it, but it's one of those infinity pools. Yeah. It's like a panic attack. It for in, me in a pool. For me, well, if I'm drinking your, co- there's no way I'd have one of your coffees and go on go on this pool. No, I, no, I, I don't. I, I don't get it. it. Doesn't make sense. It's one of those things where, where, where uh, the conquistadors came to the, you know, and they saw the ships and they just couldn't, they couldn't put it together. They saw it as like I've never seen it. I mean, when I see that photo, anyone that's online, just Google that hotel. It's just, it's the cre- it's the weirdest thing ever. It, it, it's particularly yeah it's weird to look at when you fly it's, it sticks out like a sore thumb I mean it, it has beauty and architecture and everything and, but that pool I got up there one night and we'd been carrying on and drinking it was late at night before I realised where I was <laughs> I was taking up the lift I just thought I was at a nightclub next minute I'm standing there next minute I'm in the pool and and I get vertigo yeah, yeah I mean yeah. I, yeah. going up an escalator and Oh, just I've never swum so fast back to the other end of the pool. Yeah. Got myself up and my clothes on without drying and got back down the lift, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's too much. The, the barista culture is interesting is especially here in New York. I mean, you can have a you can make you can do a whole comedy routine based on it. Um, yeah. do you notice that's the the subculture of baristas is it equal across or is it different? Like is is, is that kind of is it become that big where it's the same kind of person that you see it, it's it's funny you know being in the business in the cafe uh, retail side of the business for 14 years uh it, it had it, it sort of picked up a theme and there's very much when you go to the shows the industry has a certain um type of personality and look yeah to yeah starting to form yeah the star tattoos <laughs> you got um, it. no i it, and it's great because you know we complain so much about people not taking their job seriously especially here in the states uh but these are people that take their job very serious. You know, yeah. you go to you go to the Atlantic Center, for example, here in Brooklyn, and you head into Target, and you can't get anyone's attention. But then you go to, say, Gorilla Coffee, and you complain that this person is way too serious about their specific trade. So it's sort of this dichotomy of both sides of the equation um, that you know that we deal with. How is some of? I don't know if it sound presumptuous, but I've been in this industry, the, the service industry, for a long time. Some of the best people I've worked with have come out of Australia, mm. uh, for whatever reason. I've had some of the best work ethic. Does that come out of anything, or is it? Just I don't know. We're sort of, of weird? yeah. I, I, it, it is interesting now that I've um, travelled a lot, but also now experiencing businesses in other areas. I think yeah, there just tends to be a I don't know. Aussies like to yeah, come on, you know, you, you do it, you do it good, and you know, stop stuffing around and get on with it. Type of attitude sometimes. Yeah, there's no be... chip on their shoulder in any in any sense. I've I've found they come here, it's a sort of all business, and they're here sort of open to everything, and then they either stay or go back home. I've noticed a yeah. lot of them usually go back home. For yeah, reason. for whatever reason, I think uh, I think that distance thing as well is when you do go, you want to make the most of it because you only have a short time before you have to go then all the way back down there, and you might not get get out again. So I think you know they really have a sense of making making the most of it. We do a lot of these uh, tastings here with the wine um, wine companies, distributors. Uh, <coughs> cupping is and. Yep. Don't get mad at me, but the first time I saw a cupping was that guy was Howard Schultz, the Starbucks guy. Yeah. He's probably got a picture of him in your dartboard or something. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and he has people that go around and do cupping. Uh, is that the same idea? You're just looking for a specific bouquet, or are you looking for caffeine content, or uh, how does that work? Well, generally, for the trade, cupping is to to identify defects. 
too many off flavors. So too many too many off flavors. Okay. Yeah, off flavors. You know, ferment. Um, but more or less, a lot of cupping now is that I mean, with a high quality and standard of coffee, it's about yeah identifying you know coffees that really stand out on a table. And the great thing about cupping is it's a very simple brewing method. You can throw out put 50 cups on a table and cup so many coffees which sometimes can be overwhelming but yeah you get coffees that just stand and jump off the table and it's to do with aromatics the brightness and the acidity which is the zestiness and and then just general flavor and mouthfeel some can be buttery and some can be a bit dry what do you look for i personally look for um uh i think sometimes um yeah you, the standout coffee is like a geisha coffee or geisha is um super fruity it's like you give know, me a massage yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know it's it it radio um don't let me get started and then uh but well at so, one time in singapore i don't know <laughs> in the infinity pool <laughs> yeah i mean caffeine can get you excited as well is so it, I after love, a is your stuff session, is your stuff like super caffeinated because that's my favorite i mean I, you like high, well oh, high caffeinated coffee comes from generally robusta and the right great variety is arabica i mean you still get plenty of caffeine in there if you drink enough of it um, but uh, and depending on the way you brew it, um, you probably find that okay, um, longer iced coffees have more caffeine in them, but you drink it more slowly, so you get a longer hit. Whereas an espresso shot has less caffeine, but because you're cool. it's getting straight to you, you get a short, quick hit, and then you'll need another one. Oh, I'm going to have to write this stuff down. Here's, uh, well, let's take a break. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to open the forum here. Our, our friend Stephanie Alt, who's in studio, she's going to play. You're, you're hearing her music, uh, which is from which album? From The Factory. The Factory, which yeah. is, uh, when was when did you release that? I just released it about a couple weeks ago, and I wrote it in a chocolate factory in Brooklyn, so that's why it's called From The Factory. And the chocolate factory she's talking about is Mass Brothers, yes. speaking of direct uh, trade. Yes. Um, I think those guys actually... I've seen. I think I saw a video where they, they they do like it comes directly from somebody farm or something. Yeah, right? yeah. We were part of like a, a sailing. They do sail, sail the beans from. Yeah, sail the beans. Yeah, from the D- Dominican Republic. Yeah. So uh, that's awesome. Let's uh, let's take a break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna open the forum here for everybody. Morning after. I find you grieving within yourself 
We're back. So during the last segment, my girlfriend Bennett kept on saying, look at your phone. And I didn't want to rudely look at my phone while I was doing an interview. But you pointed out that, and this is not, this is like D-list, but I, we did watch that show. We but this guy is involved episode. in the wine. This is food. This is food oriented because this guy was. He owns a winery. His his parents own a winery, Uh, which it's Ben Tansel. What was his name? Ben. No, Ben like Flagic or something. Flagic with an F. There's an F. And he had he has a winery and he won with that girl company. He was just here at Roberta's. You could see anyone here at Roberta's. (laughs) It's like a you know celebrity. (laughs) And we we saw Mark Zuckerberg here one time. Yeah, we did. Um, anyway, let's open the forum here. Uh. Stephanie, I think that probably the best way is just to kind of give your bio and have everyone talk here and then go uh, into your uh, your live performance mm-hmm. and have that take the show out. Does that sound good? Sure. Um, <clears throat> and I'm, and I'm going to re- – this is your uh, – I, I basically cut and pasted your Kickstarter <laughs> video. So I have to change my name <laughs> to <laughs> Stephanie Alt is a indie folk singer-songwriter with a passion for writing honest and relatable songs on piano. She's a Texas native. What part of Texas? Um, Brian. All right, all right, all right. College Station, Giga Maggie's. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Uh, But was raised in Colorado with big plans to move to the East Coast someday. She relocated to New York City in 2005 to become an actress, but while she was acting, she became more and more drawn to music. Between classes, lunch breaks, while she was acting, she graduated and headed out to Europe, as we all do in our early 20s. And she became intrigued and inspired by the strong food culture there. And she came back and worked for the Mass Brothers, yes. who are, uh, they're going to be on the show, I think, in two weeks. Oh, wow. Um, and here she's here now in studio. I saw your video, your, you had a Kickstarter video that I watched. I love watching that stuff. I feel like you can really get behind the, you know, that's a, you know, you're raising money. For your for your album, mm-hmm. uh, and that went pretty well. And now you're here in the studio. I am. And we've heard two of your songs. Which songs did we hear? We heard uh, "A Waco Sleeper" was the first one, and um, the second one we heard was "As Promised." Yeah. And Toby, we uh, we spoke a little bit about sourcing. Mass Brothers does some insane mm-hmm. sourcing. Yeah. To- what's going on with that? Well, uh, the brothers uh, are. They, they have a passion for, obviously, the, being direct, indirect trade and um, using the best possible ingredients that they can for their chocolate. And at Mass Brothers, uh, we, we would grind, we roast the beans and grind them all there. So we're chocolate makers, not chocolatiers. Um, so they made sure to get the beans from um, the best estates possible doing research. And then and that's an important thing, chocolate makers and chocolatiers, because mm-hmm. if you go to uh, like Jacques Torres, if you go to any restaurant, um, it's a derivative of a, a chocolate maker. Right. So say the Valronas of the world, the Coco Berries of the world, the Michelle Crusoe's of the world, um, and, you know, even her, you know, yeah. uh, Giardelli, I think, is a little bit more mainstream now for, for people. It is like 10 years ago, it was like an artisanal chocolate. Right. Um, so you buy a block, of, like we could buy blocks of chocolate, like 100%. Right. Uh, G and Duya, uh-huh. if you will. Um, and were you inspired working there? It seems like a f- just a really fun place to Yeah, to really was inspired. I mean, inspired enough to write a, a record there. Um I, I love working with my hands. I mean, I'm a musician, but I also love working with my hands with food. And so that was amazing to get that experience and learning about chocolate. It's such an interesting 
Um, it's just so crazy working with chocolate. It's very finicky, and you have to be very particular with it, but it's beautiful when you get it right. So, On your website, you spoke about a song that you had written um, based on a Psalms. Uh-huh. Can you... I, I love this, because I'm inspired by this kind of stuff. Since you have the pa- piano in front of you, uh-huh. walk me through for like a, a minute how you put together a song. I mean, obviously you're inspired, maybe you write lyrics, uh-huh. but do you come up with the lyrics first? Do you come up with the, the music first? And just here, just grab, you know. For the for the song that, that is inspired by the, a psalm? Yeah, I mean, that's the first, that's what I think of, but yeah. maybe talk me through a song that inv- that involved more of you sitting in front of the piano. Yeah. Just talk, talk me through the creative process. Okay. Yeah, well, when I write, I don't actually uh, read music, and um, I kind of so just... Are you a prodigy or something? Is that I, what? <laughs> I don't think I, I... I would like to be a prodigy, but I think that um, I, I'm limited to an extent. That's why I'm working more now on trying to, to figure out chords and see what all is on this piano, because it's an amazing, I mean, it just looks like a bunch of buttons that you push, but you can really create so many different, I mean, if you think about music, there's so much out there that people, I mean, we've never really done the same thing yet, and it's been how many years that we've been doing this. Yeah, there's so many derivatives. So, but when I sit down at the piano, um, I, when I was 16, I used to like just go and poke a key with my nose, I don't know why I did this, but I decided to write a song with whatever key I would poke with my nose. Okay. And and so it would just be like, oops, sorry, it just start, hit my head. It would start there. <laughs> it would start there, and then I'd kind of look at the keys, how they would match, and then maybe go down and see, oh, that works, yeah, okay. And then where do I want to go? I'm going to go down again. Oh, I like that sound. And then I'll just play this over and over and over and over for hours. And then, so the lyrics come second. And the lyrics will come eventually, and like secondary. Is that through just walk, walking around kind of stuff, or do you? I think it's stuff that I didn't even know was packed so tightly inside of myself, and then it just comes out. Like I, I'm like, wow, do I really feel like that? Or sometimes I write songs, like a Waco sleeper that scared me because I wrote it about a breakup and how this isn't going to work and blah 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 I was with somebody at the time and I had I had a child with this person and I'm like uh is this about this person and then three years later we did break up and it didn't work out and, all, and I go back to the song and when I sing the song now it's like haunting it's so scary the things that were said it's almost like prophetic in a way or something what, what were the things just um well that song is basically about how uh miscommunications within a relationship um, with someone who's from a different culture because he's Jamaican and, and I'm American and so talks about Rasta and Jaw because he believes in Jaw ja. and like, yeah ja. if, do you know how to play that song? if Jaw is standing by my side <laughs> no. one of my favorite songs <laughs> again I wish I could read music <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. you don't know that song? no oh. yeah. pull it up um, <clears throat> so then it brings back oh I know I wanted to bring something up with you this was uh did you grow up? Everyone here, was, did it Mr. Rogers make it to Australia? Do you know uh, him? I, I don't know. I think they may have. He's, he kind of is, if you grew up in the States, yeah. you know, public access, there was three networks and Channel 13 growing up, and then HBO came around, came around and all that stuff. Uh, Mr. Rogers is a mainstay. Actually, Eddie Murphy has that. He makes fun of it in the early Saturday Night Live, but somebody went and took the Mr. Rogers things, remixed it, and called it Garden of Your Mind. Let's listen to it. My neighbor, welcome again to this neighborhood. I'd like to show you something. You know what this is? Maybe if I press this button. 
This is a cassette player with a little cassette in here, and there's nothing written on it, so we'll just have to play it to see what it is. Do you ever imagine things? Are they scary things? Are they scary things? Do you ever imagine things? Things you'd like to have. Did you ever see a cat's eyes in the dark and wonder what they were? What they were? Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever pretend about things like? Did you ever grow anything? Did you just? You're a little bit younger than me. No, did you grow, I mean, does that make? Does that give everyone a little chill? Yeah. Because it's kind of like weirdly integrated into your childhood DNA yeah you hear it you kind of get a little tear going. yeah it's it's great and I, I want to say too that I have a two-year-old and um, I'm always looking for new shows because I've watched Yo every, Gabba Gabba uh, well we don't watch that but Sesame Street we've seen like every oh my gosh but so I found Mr. Rogers on Netflix the other day I was like oh my gosh Mr. Rogers so I put it on and I was sitting there like with the tears streaming down my face and he's just like ah, like running around he doesn't get it but so I found if Jaws standing by my side play it I don't care if we okay. have the rights to it Who's this by? Uh, this is a p- very popular song that gets covered by, I think, everybody. So we don't really know who it's by. If is by my side. Heard it. Anyone yeah. who's been in a club uh, at, I don't know, 3 a.m. In, in this New York City, there's always somebody that plays it. Especially Temptations on Flatbush Avenue. If That's if Jaws standing by my side. Okay. Um, yeah, Netflix is where I, the access you get to sort of childhood stuff that you watch, whether it's DuckTales for me, that was a big show yeah, for me. Yeah, I remember that one too. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Toby. Yes, my friend. Uh, what's your schedule like? You travel, like, are you always on a plane? Yeah, I, I spend a bit of time. Wait, because that's a long flight. It's Yeah, it's so long. It's great for... If you want to catch up Netflix and stuff, that's the time to do it because you can. Oh, so you load everything on your iPad, load it up, or yeah, because if you fly in the same month, they only change the movie schedules and the, and the docos, everything they put on the screen every month. So you can watch a lot of movies between here and New York because you go to L.A., New York. Yeah, so I do my schedules at Singapore, New York, and then Central America for coffee, Indonesia. Yeah, I got a bit of a travel bug, and and, and uh, which drives everyone a bit mad, especially my family. But yeah. but do you feel like you're never present in time? I mean, I, I've just simple of going somewhere and having a connection in a city. Uh, I was at Bonnaroo. I covered that for the show, and I was in Atlanta for two hours, and then just you just feel like you're in some kind of like gotta, wormhole or something. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I sort of forgotten what jet lag is, and I think it's sort of built into my personality. I'm just sort of a bit floaty. Hence why you're an entrepreneur and yeah, kind of pushing it forward. What's the next city? Oh, I don't want to think about it. I just want to get these. <laughs> I just want to enjoy. I'm enjoying brooklyn so much and manhattan of course and everywhere in new jersey and discovering this whole fantastic place i'm going upstate next week where are you going uh up to sorgatis near on the hudson river just to hang out hang out with the family holiday oh yeah what it, what's a uh, one place in oh wow i know that guy <laughs> sorry it's my it guy where i work um what's one place that you uh that you like in new york like restaurant wise, when you came here and stuff. Ah, uh, restaurant wise. Oh, I got I got slightly addicted to Fet Sal, just because I love mm, meat. Yeah, it's so good. And the whiskeys and the rice yeah. and the bar. And wherever I go there, I I get the same seat at the bar with the same bar girl. 
<laughs> Ruby, Ruth, I can't remember. Sorry. And uh, so I had a, a little bit of a thing with that. Um, but I've been to some, I went to the Lighthouse the other night. Mm. Um, Raynards at the Wythe Hotel. I'm staying at. That's nice. fantastic. So, uh, yeah. I mean, just when, where does it stop in this yeah. city? Yeah. Oh gosh. I just get so recommended much. to something all the time. So having fun. Stephanie, you're going to take us out here, take the show out here on a song, a little okay. live performance. Uh, talk a little bit about the song before you get into it. Yeah. Um, so, like I was saying earlier, some of the songs freak me out, how they're kind of uh, uh, telling of the future. And this one's called, called Shame on Us. And, um, so you're going to find out about something three years from now? <laughs> I'm going to find out. What are you out doing now? <laughs> I, I, have, I have a solution for you. Scared. Think about your life right now. Yeah. Okay, what's going on? Because it's going to come back in three years. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like this scary deja vu thing, but um, Shame on Us, this is a song I'm going to sing. It's, it is about a uh, relationship and uh, looking, looking back and saying, man, shame on us for going f- through with this relationship. There were so many signs. There were so many. We kept trying and trying to make it work and make it good, but there were all these signs that were just saying, you know, there's just trouble coming. There's trouble coming in the end. And um, so that's what, that's what this song is about. What's your baby's name, Charles? Uh, it's a him. His name's Blaze. B L A I S E. Yeah. Blaze. So, and he is a blaze of fire. Very blazing. Uh, Carlos, after the song, um, we'll we'll just take this out. Okay. Here we go. I've seen it end. Seen it start Seen it break My heart Seen these troubles They come from Sitting down and making bad 